Do you want to live freely and lightly in your purpose and passion? More than ever, we need to learn to live in rhythms that help move us forward. Welcome to the Exhale Podcast. This is Holly Newton, founder of Exhale Women, and I am your host. Annalise Lillard, Annette Yanez, and Cassie Cooper are joining me again for Season 2. We need God's rhythms of grace to live in His strength. What He builds, He sustains. We can't do it without Him. We are talking about the word purpose here in Season 2, and we have incredible guests joining us to share inspiration, wisdom, encouragement, and practical advice. I'm your host, Holly Newton, and welcome to the Exhale Podcast. Welcome back to the Exhale Podcast for Season 2. This season, we are talking about the word purpose. We'll be hearing testimonies and teachings around this big idea of what are God's purposes and plans and how does He work in our lives. Today, I am thrilled to have Sarah Gerald on from Nashville, Tennessee. I met uh, I met Sarah a couple of years ago when she walked into the Belonging Co. I think it was her first day. Was it, Sarah? Wasn't it? Pretty close to pretty it, close yeah. To it. <laughs> and have watched God do some amazing things in her life, and I just can't wait for you to hear from her today. So, Sarah, I'm going to hand the mic over to you, and if you'll just start off with telling our audience a little bit about who you are, what your ordinary day looks like, and then I've, I've asked you to share your story. Yeah. So what, what is on your heart, what you want everybody to know. Yeah. And thank you guys for having me today. It's definitely such an honor to be well, here with you. It's an honor to have you. <laughs> um, I, as Holly said, I'm Sarah Gerald. I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am a singer, songwriter, artist. I like to just say artist because I do a lot of things. <laughs> I write, uh, I write songs, I write poems. Um, and well, in my everyday, I also work for a nonprofit um, where I get to be a part of what we're doing in Uganda. So I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> um, and my story, I guess it starts with, well, I always started with how I met Jesus. And I met God when I was six years old. Um, I was born healthy, was a healthy young girl, and randomly had a disease when I was five, almost six, called Guillain-Barre, and it paralyzed me from the waist down. So in so three months, I spent in the hospital, um, paralyzed, <laughs> couldn't walk, and they did all sorts of tests, etc. And um, when they released me, they told my parents to not expect me to walk for maybe another year. And I was, I remember sitting in my living room one day and my mom was on the phone and just as clear as day, I heard God's voice speak to me say and say, stand up and walk. And so I said, mommy, look at me. And I walked to her for the first time in, in months. And it was just a miraculous moment. And um, I love telling that story because I think people have all these ideas of what miracles and, and healing can look like. And it really was just God and me in that moment, him telling me to stand up and walk. And I knew it was him. And I was convinced. I'm like, yep, sign me up, baptize me. Let's go. Um, from that young age. And I, I, 
that was my moment of salvation. But I tell people like it's Christianity is a journey and it's walked out in your life. And we weren't really a part of a church that taught discipleship. So church became or Christianity for me became just showing up on Sunday, um, no matter what else was happening throughout the week, as long as you were there on Sunday. Um, and just, you know, teenage years can be teenage years. (laughs) And by the time I was 18 and a freshman in college, I just, I'd given up on the idea of church. I, I knew I wanted something more from just the normal hymns and announcements and sermon and home. I knew that there had to be more to God. And so my freshman year of college, I was like, well, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> and God pursued me as only he can. Um, and I was in my dorm room um, and they, we had a piano in our dorm. So I was playing the piano and singing. And this guy comes up to me and basically kicks me off the piano. He's like, I, I play better than you. Why don't you just let me play? And you sing. And uh, we ended up putting on like a concert. And he asked me if I would come sing at this event that he was having. And it it was an event to, uh, that was a group was celebrating ending a fast. And it's with the ministry called Every Nation Ministries. And so I, I ended up there because I wanted to sing. And it had been a long time since I had sang. And they were like, great. Thanks for singing tonight. We'd love for you to um, sing on our worship team. If, but you have to be a part of the group. So I showed up to their large group meeting on a Wednesday. And the worship team sang the song At the Cross by Hillsong. And I burst into tears. And for the second time in my life, <laughs> I heard God's audible voice say, if I am who I say I am and I did what I said I did, then you have to choose today if you'll serve me or not. And Um, The pastor got up and preached the gospel and tears streaming down my face. I said, yes, for the final time, (laughs) final time in a moment, but living out that yes for the rest of my life. So that's how I met Jesus, how my life took a turn (laughs) I never would expect. And I feel like every day since has just been um, an attempt to be obedient to his voice and his word and what he's asked me to do. So that leading into the discussion of purpose, um, I just, I wanted to mention Ephesians one um, verse four, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. And my purpose, my understanding of purpose starts first and foremost with understanding that I'm a daughter of God. I'm a child of God and how that has superseded any other plan for my life. I went to college expecting I would double major in English and French and move to France and be a translator and then come back to the States and get married and have kids and be a high school teacher and sing in the church choir and die. (laughs) That was my life plan. Um, And my life has looked nothing like that. 
um, because once I said yes to lordship, once I said yes to following his call, then every decision since has been impacted by that. And I think a lot of people get can get caught up in the the whole, well, I have to do something great or I have to do something that's meaningful or purpose has to be this, this big thing. And what I've learned is it just goes back to Matthew 28 when Jesus gives us that great commission to go out and make disciples. And um, I had such an aha moment a few years ago just with thinking about gifting and ta- giftings and talents. Cause like I said, I'm an artist um, and I don't always get to do that full time. And I was being kind of pouty one day about it <laughs> and just asking God like, okay, well, why did you give me these gifts or, or these desires or whatever? And God really encouraging me saying, I gave you those gifts because that's what I want you to use to go out and make disciples and tell people about me. And it was the biggest aha moment because I thought me making disciples was had to do, had to be difficult or it had to be something that I didn't enjoy. I don't know why I got that in my head <laughs> because I think we hear these, these, um, our first thought is, okay, well, I'm, I have to go be a missionary. I have to go to some third world country that's underdeveloped. Like that's, that, that's what being a disciple maker is, or that's what being a, having a purposeful life is. And what if it's just taking what God has given you and being obedient to him and using those talents so that when you're in those arenas, you get to tell people the gospel and bring them home. Yeah. Um, so that's been <laughs> my experience with purpose. And it's, it's not looked like one thing. Um, I was in full-time ministry for a few years, and then I went and studied music for a few years, and I was a worship leader, and now I'm at a nonprofit. <laughs> so it looks it looks different. Um, but I remember being in church one day, not leading, not singing or anything, just standing in the audience, and God asked me to to get on my knees. And I was like, no, that's kind of awkward. People can see me. I don't want to get on my knees in worship. <laughs> and he just kept asking, he's like, get on your knees. And when I finally did, he said, that's what leading worship is. You hearing my voice, being obedient to it so that you can teach others to do the same. So that's what I've been pursuing for the past uh, 14 years now. Gosh. Um, just hearing his voice, being obedient and trying to teach others to do the same. That is amazing. And I literally have chills right now because (laughs) before this recording, um, we just recorded our introduction for season two Mm -hmm. and I might even cry about it because God has so much purpose in the way he aligns his people. And some of what you're saying is, isn't it girls? It's just like what we just talked about, but it's your own story and your purpose, that obedience, yeah. that yes to God. And, and that purpose isn't some grand thing where we've arrived. It is yeah. existing with God, seeking his heart, being obedient, saying the yes. Mm-hmm. And then our platform is what we wake up to every single day. Yes. And it's not thousands of people watching most of the time. 
it's us and the Lord and where he's put us. And, Mm -hmm. ah, that's so good, Sarah. That is so powerful. Um, Tell, tell us a little bit about what the last couple of years have looked like for you. Um, I know Nashville was a big jump for you. It was an obedience, but tell us what that's looked like, you know, from the time you got there and where you are today. Yeah. Nashville was never on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Mine either. (laughs) And like, I laugh, I think back and I, I had a pastor tell me years ago, he's like, oh, I think you do really well in Nashville. And I laughed in his face. I was like, Nashville? No, there's no ocean there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I was finishing up studies. I was doing a a ministry, a Bible college. And um, I felt God say, move to Nashville via a conversation with a friend and it was like a lightning bulb moment. And I really, it felt like the biggest God set up, honestly. I don't know if you guys have had that, those moments in your life where you look back and you're like, okay, you've been setting me up to this moment to where I'd finally be okay to say yes. (laughs) not Just (laughs) dropping out of the sky. Um, But um, I got back home after I finished my studies and God gave me a date. He was like, move here. And I was trying to make up reasons why I should wait. Oh my God, I don't have a job. I don't have a place to stay. Um, And he would literally wake me up out of my sleep. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Just get to Nashville. (laughs) So I packed up my car. I don't know how my mom let me do this, but I packed up my car and drove from her house to Nashville, Tennessee, literally showed up with nothing, like no job, no place to stay. I think I had $300 cash to my name. Like, do not do this unless you're sure it is Holy Spirit. Okay. I'm not advocating doing this. Um, but I knew it was God. And the first few days were a little scary, just wondering where I'd stay. I stayed at a horrible hotel. I hope to never be in that situation again, where um, is the cheapest thing I could find, a horrible hotel. And then a friend of a friend had a couch for a few days. And then just doing that, I slept on my friend's floor um, for a week. And then two weeks in, I got a temp job. And then I was able to find my first uh, place to stay. And then the rest is history. <laughs> well, well, history, but definitely some ups and downs, like that temp job ended and then I was a nanny and then my car died. So I couldn't be a nanny anymore. And then I didn't have a car or a job, but I still had a place to stay. So I still had bills. <laughs> and then God provided miraculously, like Holly knows this story, just going to my mailbox and seeing yes. um, checks, literally the last day, the bills had to be paid. I had two checks from from the government, from past taxes that were owed me. Um, that was more than enough. And then somebody bought me a car and then I got a, a new job. And yeah. it just was, God would not let me leave. <laughs> like, okay, well, everything's, you know, kind of blowing up in smoke. So I should leave. Right. He's like, no, this is the faith walk. Um, 
And I think that's important also to note, like, just because you're being obedient doesn't mean it's going to look pretty. So true. So true. (laughs) Like we see that all throughout the Bible with Abraham and Sarah. It's like they had the promise. And then 25 years later, they saw. So I think um, I've, and I've been having that conversation with a lot of people uh, just about what it means to say yes to God and how, even if even Jesus suffered in life, how much more so will we? That's right. Um, anyway, that's just a little side nugget. <laughs> no, I love that. Yeah. You are um, one of the most extravagant anointed worshipers that I know from, I've seen you in the back of the room when no one was watching and I've seen you lead from the front of house. Um, what did that feel like, Sarah? I know when you came, you didn't just immediately step into part of God's calling and destiny on your life, but you were there, you were saying the obedient yes. So what got you through? And now looking back, how do you see that God's purposes have played out? Um, well, you almost made me cry. So <laughs> let me <laughs> choke through an answer. Um, I, I had just left a place where I was singing in front of thousands and on TV and all of the fancy things that people aspire to do, I guess. And um, so moving to Nashville at first was, I welcomed the obscurity because (laughs) no one, it was the first time in my life where no one knew my giftings or talents. So they couldn't like me because of that. Um, and I, it was a real hands open moment for me because I asked God, I'm like, well, are, are we done with that now? Are we done with the singing and the stages and the things like, and it was a wrestle for me to understand like, okay, how much my identity was tied into being on stage and how much of it wasn't. And what does it look like for me to, to be a worship leader in this moment? And I, like that story I told earlier that happened before I got to Nashville. And I'm so glad it did because God redefined what it meant for me to be a worship leader because it doesn't, you can't lead if you're not a worshiper first. So I just returned to, to being a worshiper and like I remember there's years ago when I first learned guitar, I spent an entire summer playing guitar and sitting on a porch and singing and nobody has heard those songs except heaven. And I didn't want, I don't ever want to get to a place where there still aren't secret songs sung. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. If, if my only outward worship happened on a stage or on a mic, then it, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a sacrifice to me. Like there, I need to return to the secret place and have that built up. So that's what I did. And I'm not saying it was easy. It was difficult letting go, um, letting go of that because I love it. I honestly love singing and worshiping God and leading others in those moments. It is one of the few places I feel the most me on earth. And 
letting go of that and just letting letting God have it um, has made has made me appreciate it, but it's also made me appreciate the times where I can just get along with him and worship him and encounter heaven there and not just in crowds. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And so you just kept worshiping in the, in the hiddenness, didn't you? Absolutely. Cause that, and they say, um, I don't know if we said this yet. <laughs> the church I go to is the, the belonging co and um, worship is one of the biggest things we focus on. And pastor Henry and Alex say all the time, worship precedes, precedes your miracle. Like mm-hmm. you're, your faith journey and your worship should not be defined by circumstance. Right. There is always a reason to praise God. And I grew up in Baptist world <laughs> and gospel world. So a lot of gospel songs refer or say this line, um, God, if you don't do another thing for me, you've already done enough. And I just reflected on that line. I'm like, is that really true? Because I feel like I'm still asking him for stuff and I'm mad that it's not happening. But if that's really true, then I have pages and pages and pages of things, of testimony of the Mm. things that God has done. And he's worthy to be praised for those things, no matter what circumstance I'm currently facing. Yeah, that's so good. Praise precedes the breakthrough. (laughs) Yep. So many times. Absolutely. Yeah. I really love kind of your story um, because I've actually seen you from afar, not really knowing anything about you and kind of this energy, I'll use the word energy that you seem to bring, right? Like watching you. I understand it now. Hmm. Place of your purpose, right? Like when you say it's the most natural, where I'm most naturally me. And I think as it's not forced, I think a lot of times when we're trying to force our purpose, we're trying to force um, what we're striving for, we kind of get lost. We find ourselves on this other side. Mm-hmm. Um, but to watch you and now to hear your story, it's just touched my life so much because many times I I tell my husband like, man, that's what I feel inside right? Like when we worship and I just, I need to break free. Like now I know your name, like Sarah. (laughs) It's so great to know that. Yeah. It's not this, I I said it earlier. um, Purpose isn't career, but it's this life and, and you tying it to just, or talking about it being tied to discipleship. And I feel like can't help, but to see it in your life from afar. And it's really great. Um, And I just liked how you, again, just said where you find yourself most naturally. Um, I don't really have a question. So pause here really quick. I'm trying to word my question. No, that's great. Um, Comment in. That that is great. We're making her cry. Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> no. You know, it really is a beautiful thing, though, when you see somebody freely walking in their purpose, like mm-hmm. um, the, the presence that the presence of God flows through you because you spend time in those hidden places. And that's where we get our power from. 
because the power of Jesus comes alive in us. And no matter what we're doing, if we're on the platform before thousands or if we're doing our daily, you know, (laughs) people who are listening, school pickup or your job, like you're at a job and you're doing work as unto the Lord, I have no doubt, no matter where you are. And so it, it's a beautiful gift and um, it, it's an encouragement to me. And I know it's an encouragement to Annette and Cassie and mm-hmm. anyone who's listening that <clears throat> it's that. Yes. It's that yes to the Lord and the surrender of our own ideas. We talked about this in the first episode, how, you know, as we mature in the Lord, most times what we think things should look like don't. <laughs> At all. <laughs> because God's always growing us. And and yeah. the things that delight our heart come in a way yeah. that we wouldn't have imagined, right? Absolutely. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And I think, so, oh, oh, go for it. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, it almost seems like that should be um, kind of that little key or that warning sign or something. Oh, it doesn't look like I thought. Okay, so then that's a yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so good. And I think even just hearing, you know, you talk about um, like when the Lord gives us a gift just to use it. And that part of that is walking in our purpose. Um, I remember I was in college, I was doing just some different research and um, I went to a Christian university. And so we took Bible classes and they're talking about exercising gifts that the Lord has given us. And that's what pleases the heart of the father. Cause I think we can subconsciously think like, Oh, if I'm, you know, making the right decisions or if I'm, you know, leading a bunch of people to Christ, or if I'm on the platform and and leading this way, that's when the Lord's pleased. And that's when I'm really fulfilling my purpose. And the point that this author was making, I don't remember who it was, but they were just saying that when we exercise a gift that the Lord has given us, when we just use a gift, whether it's in the secret place or in front of people or with a friend, you know, we're, we're pleasing the heart of the father. Like if someone gives you a gift, like a piece of jewelry and you wear that piece of jewelry, it's saying, I love this because I'm so grateful that you gave it to me and I'm wearing it. And that blesses the giver. And so I think even in the, the quiet places, when we're using the gifts that the Lord has given us, it can be easy to feel like, well, this isn't impacting anyone. This isn't, you know, am I really living my purpose? Cause it's just in the quiet place, but we're using a gift the Lord has given us for, for him. And that's, that's what pleases the heart of the father when we're walking in his purpose. And I just thought that that was such a beautiful point that you made just when he gives a gift, just use it. But I'd be curious, you know, to hear from you, like, I don't know, it's easy in those quiet moments. And it sounds like you have really walked through those quiet moments with the Lord. And sometimes maybe moments that felt like obscurity, were there any like particular promises that you clung to? Cause it could be easy to feel like, Lord, what am I doing? What are you doing? Like, were there promises you clung to or words that the Lord gave you that really were a lifeline for you in those seasons? Yes. Um, yes. (laughs) I'll try to answer this. Um, so I, I went to a church in North Carolina um, that was really believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I'm so thankful for that I have a biblical base for understanding what that means. So when I when I say things like prophecy or words of knowledge or healing, miracles, et cetera, it's not 
locked in a basement somewhere where it's weird and people foaming at the mouth and stuff or whatever. It's like, here's the biblical basis. Um, And I'll say, um, I, my whole life, honestly, people have said basically what Annette, you said, people have come up. Oh gosh, I'm going to cry. People have come up to me and it happened on Sunday and said, there's something special about you. There's something different about you. You love God, I can tell, and you need to continue doing, pursuing what he has for you. And when I was a teenager, I actually hated it because I was like, why do I have to be the good girl? Anyway, that's another story. Um, but it, I've had so many moments like that. And then prophetic words where it, and the, and the prophetic is meant to edify you so if someone and build you up so if someone says they have a prophetic word for you and it's depressing and tearing you down it's probably Mm. just pray about that okay anyway (laughs) um i've gotten so many words that that landed and it made sense and it it resonated with my spirit and with what i had heard from god myself um so i i clung to those but more than anything, I realized that my number one pursuit has to be God and his face. Mm-hmm. And we have the greatest gift of Jesus and what he did, what his blood did was to make, to, was to tear the veil and to give us eternal access to God, the father. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> how much can we delight in him and just being with him and pursuing him? And so when things didn't look like I thought they were going to look like, I returned to that to, okay, I can't put more emphasis in the gift than I can the gift giver and just leaning into his presence. And man, I just am so grateful because it's not this thing that we have to force or, or make up. It's, we have access to God, the father. And the times where I was alone or in obscurity, I learned more about me because I can only know me if I know him who created me (laughs) and leaning into scriptures that told me who I was. Because um, another thing, I, I am most insecure in, in my talents. Like that is Mm -hmm. the, that has been the place of the most insecurity for me. So having to go back and rewire my brain literally to, <laughs> to to get rid of all of the lies and negative thoughts that I had in my head and learn his scripture and learn his word that what he says about me. Like I read in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 and 2 are some of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. And Psalm 139 and Romans 8 and Ezekiel 36 and 37. And what are the what are his promises? beyond anything else, beyond, okay, God, well, I think you want me to record music. So I'll go out and do this thing. That never would happen if I didn't first know Mm -hmm. the promises of heaven. And again, Ephesians 1, it says that we have access to every spiritual blessing through Jesus Christ. Like if I have access to every spiritual blessing, that's a promise. What, let me go pursue that promise and the other stuff will happen. And I wanted to say earlier, because Cassie, you mentioned it just about when you exercise your gifts and um, how that brings God pleasure. I just wanted to 
to maybe speak to people who will say, well, I don't have a gift or I don't have a talent or I don't know what mine is. Um, like I said, my biggest hint that my gift was my gift was I was most insecure about it. So <laughs> if there's something that like that lights your fire, that makes you come alive and or that you're most insecure about, that might be a, a signal <laughs> that you might need to pursue that or at least go to God in prayer about it. And I was lucky enough to have an incredible community of women to surround me and actually call things out in me. And um, I did this um, leadership program with a pastor named Lynette Lewis, and it was all about uh, finding your purpose statement. And so in the six week program, I was able to say my purpose, my reason for being alive on earth is to facilitate an environment where true freedom and healing can happen. That's, that's my purpose, my personal purpose statement. And I was able to write that from asking my friends, what do you see in me? What, what do you notice about me? What are patterns that I exhibit in my life? What are the things that I go back to that I can't escape from? I could not escape from music. I could not escape from loving people and I could not escape from Jesus. I'm like, okay, how do we put all this together? And really inviting other people into that conversation. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to briefly, in case there's anyone listening and you would say, I don't have a gift or I don't know what my talent is or whatever. There are, I would love for you to just be encouraged. Like there are ways to, to find out what your purpose is and to also say, I give you permission to then go pursue your purpose and to be released into doing what God has asked you to do on earth. Cause it took me way too long <laughs> to be, to give myself permission to do those things. So anyway, sorry, I just went, I just oh, went do not apologize. That is so powerful. And I would give you the biggest clap if I could right now, but our producer <laughs> will kill me, <laughs> ruin the good stuff. But I am jumping up and down inside because this is such a powerful um, message Sarah for here and for now and not only can you lead worship you can preach girl <laughs> so it is, um, yeah thank you for sharing I wish we had more yeah. time but it's amazing and oh gosh all of it yes <laughs> and having that community around you that's part of what the exhale podcast is about is um you know, we want to be a voice of truth for others to pop on while they're going about their day and know that they're not alone. Know yeah. that we here at the XL Podcast are cheering you on and you can find us. <laughs> you can yes. find us all on Instagram mm -hmm. and um, there's ways to contact us. If you feel alone and you need a cheerleader, um, reach out to us because we mm -hmm. truly are here for you. That's why we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And Sarah, thank you for taking your time to use your voice to speak truth and life. Um, you know, through our podcast, it really is an honor. And I'd love for you to share um, with our audience where they can connect with you. And also, you did a little, you were on a little project this year. Oh, yeah. Maybe you share about that, where they can download that. Absolutely. Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Gerald Sarah 
Um, my website is GeraldSarah.com. You can email me at contact at GeraldSarah. Um, and last year, I had the absolute honor and pleasure of um, singing um, backup vocals for Carrie Job's latest album, her The Blessing live album. And you can get that on all the ways you get your music. So Spotify, iTunes, um, we shot videos for all the songs as well. So you can look at those videos on YouTube. Um, a couple of my favorite tracks are Love So Holy. It's one of my favorite songs and Throne Room. And well, all the songs are great, but <laughs> Throne Room and First Love, uh, Carrie really just gave room for Holy Spirit to move and for people to encounter God. So mm -hmm. the songs are, some of the songs are like 20 plus minutes. <laughs> so if you need to, a good song to put on for your quiet time, just put on the blessing album. <laughs> It'll bless you. Yeah, it totally will. I, I use that in my quiet time and I go to the videos because sometimes I just love watching other people worship with me. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I watch the videos too. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in them. Why do I need to watch them? But yeah. it just is different. <laughs> it's so different. But there is that space and it's just so good. So yeah. good. Well, I'm so proud of you and so grateful for you. And I can't wait to talk to you again. And um, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening today. Uh, if you are coming in at the end or the middle, go back to the top because you'll definitely want to hear this whole thing. Thank you again, Sarah, for joining us. Thank you, ladies. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We are here for you. You can find me super easy at Holly A. Newton on Instagram and Holly Newton Official on Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and hear how the show is encouraging you. And let's help others find the show so that they can also be encouraged in their purpose and passions. There's a couple of ways you can do that. One by subscribing and another is by rating and reviewing the show wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And two, you can even screenshot, share in your stories, text it to your friends and family. And be sure to tag me at Holly A. Newton on the socials so we can connect.